Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hello, Crazy Cool Families. It's Suzanne here, and I just wanted to pop on a podcast and visit with you. Flying solo today, and I because I just wanted to share with you something that I actually talk about all the time. And it's kind of got a negative connotation, and, and sometimes parents kind of freak out a little bit when I say it. And I understand why, because the definition is very negative and very harsh. And it's brainwashing. And I say all the time, we need to brainwash our kids. Or if you brainwash your kids, or let me brainwash you. And I get it because the definition is a forcible indoctrination to induce someone to give up basic political, social, religious beliefs and attitudes and, con- and accept contrasting ideas the, by persuasion or um, propaganda or salesmanship. Okay, so yeah, that, yeah, that sounds really bad. Negative, right? Scary. <laughs> Well, so when I say brainwashing, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But just so that you realize that reality is the world, social media, movies, commercials, friends, teachers, coaches, they all have some sort of agenda. And they are indoctrinating indoctrinating our children somehow, some way with their own opinions. And so whether we like it or not, our kids are being brainwashed some from somebody somewhere i mean a perfect example is the whole homosexual agenda our kids are overexposed to this idea with every tv show commercial movie song lyric it's absolutely everywhere and so as parents as responsible parents we have to wash the world's indoctrination i just love that word off our kids brains it's our job but Instead of calling it indoctrination, what if we called it something like giving them new revelation or just informing them or maybe even enlightening them? And so I have a few ways that I have successfully um, brainwashed, washed my children's brains, and I want to share these ideas with you. And so the first method is um, what I call redefine. And so, see, that doesn't sound scary, does it? So if you, if you want to say, let me redefine instead of let me brainwash you, that's probably better. <laughs> but so redefine, redefine means how they see something, maybe how they approach it, maybe how they believe and, and how they're going to respond to a situation and so that they respond in a positive way. And so I've got an example for um, bedtime. Sometimes bedtime is a nightmare. <laughs> Did you get that nightmare? Because, you know, you have whatever. Okay. And so sometimes bedtime is, is rough. I mean, our kids wrestle us and fight it and they don't want to do it. And so how you're going to redefine, wash their little brains at bedtime, is first of all, define the issue. What's the problem? What is it that they don't, why do they not want to go to bed? I mean, some kids believe that there's a monster, there's, there's, that there's somebody's going to get them. They have a real fear. Some kids, it's the dark. They're, they're afraid of the dark. And then there's others that are just afraid to be alone. Michael hated being, hated sleeping by himself. As soon as the boys, Maddox and McCade, were big enough, we put them in bed with, er, in their room. All three boys were in one room for a season. And Michael slept through the night at that point. And so you've got to define their issue. And so let's say if there's, if they're fighting, if they're fighting 
monsters, then how you might redefine that is to tell them that they've got angels guarding them. Matthew 18.10 says there have been angels assigned to watch over our children. And so re- remind them of that, that they're safe. Maybe create, have the, the door be cracked for them or give them a, a stuffed animal. And of course, pray for them. Help them um, realize that that those are that is not of this world, that God has them and he's going to take care of them and that perfect love casts out fear. And then darkness. Oh, this one's my favorite. God is in the darkness. I mean, just to have them close their eyes and say, is it dark? It is. Did you know that God gave you darkness? He gave you darkness so that he could be the light. He wanted that contrast there. He's with you in the darkness, which goes on to the next one when they're afraid to be alone. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you, that you're never going to be alone. And then just reassure your child that we're just in the other room and and that you're going to be okay. And so those are how you kind of redefine those issues. But you also, as bedtime, redefine the whole concept of bedtime. I had my children so brainwashed to love sleep because I love sleep. I am, it is my biggest strength, <laughs> my biggest rebuilder of strength. And so I needed my children to love sleep too. And so I would tell my kids, sleep is good for you. Bedtime is good for you. Your body needs rest to grow. And I would say, Like as you lay down and go to sleep, just feel how that warmth just rushes over you. That's God's peace and his love and his joy. And he wants to flood you to sleep so that as you go with all of those things, as you go to sleep, because you want to know what happens when you sleep, everything, God's rebuilding everything. He's, he's fixing that boo-boo when you fell down. He's healing that and he's growing your muscles and he's strengthening them and he's helping your brain be smarter. And he's working on all your different systems so that you can grow. Don't you want to grow up and be big like mommy and daddy? Well, you want to know when you do that, when you sleep. It doesn't happen when you're awake because you're so busy doing other things. It happens when you're asleep. And so we have to go to sleep. And so I just redefine the whole idea of sleep and bedtime and that it's a break and that it's good for us and that it's designed by God. Okay, another example for redefining is brushing their teeth. Once again, some kids absolutely love brushing their teeth, and other kids fight it like crazy. And we've had we've had both Molly, my oldest, and then my youngest. Both of them did not love brushing their teeth. And so, define the issue. That's what we're talking about. A lot of the times, it's because they don't want to or they don't need to. I don't need to brush my teeth. I didn't, you know, I hardly ate any. I don't even know what the reasoning is behind. I don't need to. I'm like, yes, you do. Your teeth are fuzzy. Um, But we would just say how we would redefine that is you realize that you only have one set. Actually, there are two sets of teeth, aren't there? But isn't that so wise of God to give children an adult set of teeth because they're not responsible enough to take care of them the first time around? And so he goes ahead and lets that first group fall out. So then they have a whole second group. But there's no reason we can't go ahead and teach them to be responsible on the first group. So they have no issues on the second group of teeth. Anyway, and so I would just tell my kids, no, these teeth, God gave you these. There's no other way to get any more. I mean, you have to get false ones and false ones aren't any fun. Remember granddad's false teeth that are sitting in the cup by his nightstand? Aren't those yucky? Yes, and if you don't take care of your teeth, then we're going to have to go to the dentist, and the dentist will take care of your teeth. And and while it's the dentist is great, and we for sure don't want to breed any fear about the dentist, but the dentist is not quite as comfortable as when we just brush our teeth with our own toothbrush. 
And so teaching them to be responsible for their teeth, to be a good steward of the teeth God blessed you with. Um, another issue with teeth is maybe they don't they don't want to take the time to do it. It takes too long. I don't want to do it. Okay, well then let's redefine the time. Let's sing a song, brushing your teeth and having so much fun. That's a Barney song. Or um, counting. How high can you count while you brush your teeth? I want you to count to 25. Can you count to 25 backwards while you're brushing your teeth with your toothbrush in your mouth? Make it fun or make faces in the mirror. And so just redefine that time as, as a fun time. And now they're looking forward to brushing their teeth. Or maybe they will say, which uh, all my kids did, it tastes gross. It's too spicy. I don't like it. Okay, well, they've got a million flavors of toothpaste out now. And so I did remove that completely. Great. You pick out the flavor. You pick out that flavor and you brush your teeth with that one. They've got bubblegum flavor now. I can't imagine how they get your teeth clean, but they've got bubblegum flavor. So the method of brainwashing is called redefine. That's the first one. And the goal there is to define the problem and then show the truth, maybe a new perspective that brings change to that behavior. Okay, then the next one is similar because it starts with re, and it's called rethink. And you can rethink anything. Actually, you probably were rethinking the way you brush your teeth or rethinking about bedtime. But this one specifically, I want to talk about when it comes to interacting with other people. Rethink the way they interact with other people. For example, siblings. We tell our children over and over again, you are best friends with your brother or sister. You have fun with your brother and sister. Your brother and sister, you love to play with them, and we would tell them that. We would help them rethink their thoughts, which were, my brother's not any fun. I do not like to play with my sister. My brother's a brat. And as they thought about those things, and we're like, no, 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 think about this. And we have a whole course as siblings as best friends or even free resources on siblings fighting. And so if that's an area where you need help, showing your children how to rethink there's things on our website that you can go check out for that but you're just telling them again and again and again how to think about those relationships hey parents i just want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about our book we've got a new and improved book available that will teach you all about how to have a crazy cool family so visit our website at crazycoolfamily.com book to get yourself a copy today Another one is friends, for example. Maybe your children um, come home and they're frustrated with their friends because maybe their friends aren't sharing. Maybe their friends didn't share their lunch. And so you could press in and say, well, why do you think they didn't share their lunch? Do you think that they it was their favorite thing and they didn't want to? Or you think they didn't have enough? Or maybe that they're not going to get to have dinner tonight? Teach your kids empathy here and understanding. That's where rethinking comes in. You're now teaching them to think from another person's perspective, from their friend's perspective. Or like teachers. McCade and I talk about how his teacher interacts with him all the time. For example, the other day he had um, 40 kids in his English class didn't or had to have a detention because they didn't bring the book that they were assigned to bring. And McCade was like, that is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he obviously did something wrong because 40 kids had detention. And on the front end, you know, you want to play the card and be on your kid's side. And so I'm like, yeah, that is dumb. He must not have given the instructions like he was supposed to. That's crazy. But then I start flipping it and wanting him to rethink, well, do you think maybe the teacher was frustrated that all those kids didn't remember to bring the book? Do you think that the teacher was maybe wanting to teach you guys 
the consequence of not having your supplies. And so he wanted you to have a, you know, a little bit of pain from that. If you were the teacher, what would you have done, you know, to get the kids to bring the book? Would you have waited another week, another week? How many, how many more times would you have given? And so once again, you're having your kids rethink from the perspective of the, um, the person that they're frustrated with or thinking about. And then the last one, and parents, this is kind of for you, is even like the authority. How do you think about authorities? For example, every single one of my children, I, I think, have been in the car with me when I was pulled over by a police officer. Whether I was speeding or uh, ran a stop sign or I, who knows what I did. And so the way I responded to that police officer shows my kids how I think of authority. And so many times I would, they would say, like, Mom, why aren't you mad? And I would say, well, because they're doing their job. They're keeping us safe. They're enforcing the laws. And then they're like, well, are you so mad you got a ticket? Well, I'm not happy with myself that I got a ticket. Or, Mom, are you so glad you got a, a warning? And I'm like, yes, so grateful because he sure didn't have to give me that, and he showed me grace. And so that's rethinking. Do you see that, how that works? It's, it's thinking about something differently. What it does is that rethinking helps us see outside of our own thoughts and in, in the um, outside of our own thoughts and our own desires and our own wants and to think about others and where they're coming from and where their thought processes are. Okay, so the last strategy I'm going to share with you, the last method is by far my very favorite and it's called intentional input. And what this does is it brings responsibility, ownership, purpose, and future into the situation. Okay, so what about um, this example, potty training? It can either be a nightmare or a piece of cake. With, McKe with Molly, it was an absolute nightmare. Don tells the funniest story about me trying to teach her when she was like two and a half and him coming home and she had her diaper on and I was sitting on the stairs just pulling my hair out and he was laughing at me. Waited six months and tried it again and it worked. But with McCade, I don't even remember it. It was so smooth and so easy. And I think it's because the realization, you know, came across as each child came along. And I even watched my other children kind of train them too, is think about this. For three years, all our children know is to put their pee and their poop in their diaper. It's all they know from the moment they were born until we all of a sudden decide you're going to put that in the toilet now. Oh, wait, wait, what? I mean, the, the pathways in their brain are all wired to put it in their diaper. It's subconscious at this point. They don't even think about it. They're not even thinking, hmm, I'm peeing in my diaper right now. They are just doing it. And so what I started to do, and so, th so they've got these barriers. And so when it comes time to potty train them, you've got to break down all the barriers. No, don't do what you've subconsciously been trained. No, don't put it in your diaper anymore. No, for by all means, don't pee in your pants and make a mess. Don't just do it standing in the kitchen. You've done it s in the kitchen your whole life, sitting in your high chair. But now it's time to change. And so what if we intentionally input from the very beginning? Like I'm doing this even with the grandbabies right now as I change their diaper. Did you know that someday you're going to put your TT and your poo-poo in the potty? Or when the babies want to, when your children are following you to the bathroom, why do children do that? Why is it the only time as us moms we ever get a break is when we go to the bathroom and all of a sudden they're all right there watching us like it's a show? Well, parents, sorry that happens, but I'm going to just hijack the moment put some do some intentional input in there and say 
you know what? Right now you use your diaper, but someday you're going to use the potty. You're going to, do you hear my TTs? Do you hear it? Someday you're going to put the TTs in your potty and you're going to make a TT sound too. You could do the plop plops if you want to, but no, you don't have to do that. Anyway, um, I deferred. I, yeah, anyway, um, but think about that potty training along the way from the very beginning. And even like, um, as soon as they start walking, what I would start, I did is I would take their poop that was in their diaper, take their diaper and they would, I'd bring them in there with me to the bathroom and I would dump their poop in the toilet. And I would say, right now you're putting your poop in your diaper, but soon you're going to put it in the potty just like this. See, it goes in the potty, drop it in the potty and we're going to flush it. Do you want to flush it? And I'd help them flush it so that when the time comes at that two, two and a half, three o'clock, when they give all their other physical indicators that they're ready to be potty trained, then guess what? The pathways in their brain are already there because you have intentionally input them there potty training going to be done in a couple days because you've already laid the groundwork so another place to do intentional input is homework and some kids absolutely love it macy loved doing homework she loved playing school she loved taking the time some kids not so much and so what i would tell my kids and then i even as a teacher i even told my students that your homework is your work. It's your practice for the job that you're going to have someday. You get Someday you're going to get paid in money to run your life. Right now your parents are running your life, but you are getting paid in grades. And so your grades are a reflection of your work. And so what you're doing is you're building work habits and work ethics. And they'll say something like, well, I don't want to do my homework. And it's like, I'm sorry, character is built when you do things that you don't want to do. And so this homework just happens to be one of those things right now. You're going to have a whole life of things you don't want to do. Yard work, pay taxes, um, take the dog to the vet, What? go to the grocery store, the laundry. I could go on and on with a list of things that you're not going to want to do. But you've got to practice doing those things and doing them with a good attitude because that's where your character's built. That's where your work ethic's built. And so you have to go in with their homework and say, okay, you've made a zero. And so what you're doing is you're practicing not doing your work, not doing your job. And that's not acceptable. We, you need to be a good worker so you can provide for your family, so you can take care of your family. And so what I would have them do is if they had a zero, then I would make them do the work and they would turn it in and they would apologize to their teacher and they would go in and say, I'm so sorry that I did not get this done. And I would let them create the apology. They could say their own words. I would help them with it because what that is doing is that's teaching them the responsibility that the grade is not just a number on a piece of paper, but it's actually, actually a reflection of how hard they're working and what they're doing and how important they think it is. And what I'm hoping, what, I, what my plan is that as they apologize to their teacher, they're putting a little thought process in their head is, I don't, I don't want to have to apologize to him again. I want to get my work done. And if they're not going to get their work done and they're constantly having to apologize, then I want to create a, a pathway of apologies so that if that's the kind of worker that they are going to be, then at least they can keep their job a little bit longer because they're apologizing to the boss. I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry, boss. I don't empty apologies at some point in time. That's a whole nother podcast. But homework, intentional input is when we tell our kids, we tie the work that they're doing to their future and that they're practicing it right now for what they're going to do, who they're going to be and how they're going to work. And that's how you do intentional input with their lives and the things that they do and how their, their work ethic. Okay. So the last one on intentional input, which in, intentional input is my favorite brainwashing method, but 
This last one is identity. It's my favorite way to brainwash them is to just tell them that they are loved, that they are adored, that they are valued so that it's all they know. Just like with potty training, it's all they know to use their diaper. If I tell them that they are loved, they are adored, that they are valued, that they are royalty, that they are the the daughter or the, the son of the most high king, it's all they know. And so when the world tells them differently, it doesn't even register because it's all they know. Um, I told my kids from the very, very beginning, the scripture, 1 Peter 2, 9, that they are set apart. They're set apart to do great things. And in that scripture, it says that they are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, special possessions. And so when they believe that, when they believe that they've been chosen, that they've been picked, that when then they don't get picked for that team, it doesn't matter. Because that they're not. It doesn't matter if they're not picked for the things of this world. They're picked for that. They're picked for God, a, a royal priesthood. They're set apart. They're different. It doesn't matter if their friends invite them or don't invite them because they've got. They have ownership to a to a holy nation where they're where they have a where they're a special possession where they are they are owned and loved in a better way. So that no matter what the world throws at them, their friends, their coaches, social media, whatever that is, they've got a solid identity. They've got a place to. To belong. So the goal of intentional input is what it does is it gives our children a stepping stone to their next level of responsibility. It gives them the, um, the stepping stone to ownership and purpose to their future. What it does is it takes their current situation and it ties it to a future outcome. And so we as parents have such a powerful tool to use intentional input when it comes to to washing their brains and the things of this world. Okay, so let me just wrap this up. Now when I say brainwash, you'll know what I'm talking about, right? And you're not going to be offended and you're not going to see it as a negative, but instead you're going to see it as empowering, enlightening, a revelation type washing of the brain, right? And do you see also that you actually have been brainwashing your kids along the way? Anytime that you tell them, um, we love to brush our teeth or we love to eat our veggies or we, we, we are a family that loves to play outside, then you're actually telling them who they are and what they love to do. And here's the deal. All it does, all brainwashing does is it creates a positive proacting, a po- there's a lot of P's here, you ready? Positive proacting, proacting. One more time. Positive, proactive parenting with a purposeful plan. That's what it does for us. And so as you're brainwashing, remember to redefine, rethink, and intentionally input. That's the most important things that we can do. And then lastly, just know that as crazy cool family, as you listen to our podcast and as you listen to other podcasts, as you listen to sermons that you too are being brainwashed, And that it's a good thing because you're washing your brain with truth and life and light. And when you listen to our Crazy Cool Family podcast, you know what you're doing? You are listening to ideas and concepts and ways that are helping you create your own Crazy Cool Family. And so thanks for letting us wash your brain. And so now you go wash some brains. CrazyCoolFamily.com.